0: Hey guys, it's good to see y'all tonight, man. I am I am so glad um, that you're here. And I want to be honest with you. I we were supposed to we we're going to start a week one of a series called Home Run Life, and I think it's going to be a really powerful series. I think it's going to be really helpful for you, and and I know it's been helpful for me. It's a it's a series that our pastor has done before, um, but I feel like in praying for M twelve and in praying for you, I feel like God is kind of directed me towards a different direction for tonight. And what I want to do is I, I, want to have, uh, I want to have a conversation with you, which is why I'm seated right here, because I want to have what I would refer to as kind of a, a living room conversation. Let me tell you why I call it a living room conversation. Because a lot of times, for me, some of the most significant moments and conversations happened in a living room. Some of the most significant, meaning, meaningful conversations happen in a living room. And, and what I want to do is I want to describe to you, when I think of M12, and when I think of, in particular, you guys as students, there's three emotions that often come uh, to my mind. And here they are. Oftentimes, I have the emotion where I feel sad or I feel mad, or I feel glad. And what I want to do is I want to break those down. And yes, they rhyme, and I did plan that. But I want to break those down tonight, and I want to tell you why I feel that way sometimes, oftentimes, particularly after a Wednesday night service. But before we get there, I want to to put a passage of Scripture on the screen, and I want to make sure that you you guys know this. The Bible says this, don't let anyone look down on you because... You are young. But set an example for believers in life, in love, in conduct, in faith, in purity. And here's the the cool part of that verse is that the reality is when you look in the Bible, I know some of you guys read the Bible, some of you don't, and that's fine, man. But I know that here's the thing. When you open the Bible, what you will find is that a lot of times the people that God used were young people. They were young just like you are. And I don't think that God's desire is for that to change at all. I think it's still the same. I think he still wants to use young people. I I think he still wants to use you guys. And so I want to just speak that into you uh, tonight because here's the thing. A lot of times people in your life, they expect you not to meet the expectations. And I hate that people... Think that about you or say that about you because what sometimes you feel like is you feel like you're too young or you feel like I can't make a difference. You feel like, who can I influence at this age? And I get it because I was in middle school once too. What I would say to that though is that's not right. It's not true. The reality is the Bible itself says you can make a difference and that you can meet expectations. And the reality is, as we're having a family chat, the truth is that we have expectations for you at M12 that you're not meeting, and the, re- and the result of that is that it makes me sad, and frankly, it makes me mad, but, it, but at times, I can be glad because I know that you're capable of doing it. So Let me give you a thought tonight, and I know we don't have an outline or bulletins, but maybe this is something for you just to think about tonight, but let me give it to you. Uh, Behavior reveals belief. It's really that simple. This is not hard to understand. It's not a hard family chat. It's a really easy family chat, but you got to be listening. Behavior reveals belief. Behavior meaning your attitude or your actions. That reveals belief. So let me break it down. Your behavior, your attitude, your actions toward God and toward people reveal what you believe about God and about people. It's pretty simple. Let's, let's flip it. Uh, how you behave reveals what you believe to be true about God and about people. See, behavior reveals belief. And what I know to be true is that when we're particularly in this room, the behavior and the actions and the attitude that you present is not really what you believe. It's not really who you want to be. And here's my hope for tonight. My hope for tonight in this conversation is that this would be literally a turning point for M12. And if you have your phone out, I need you to put your phone away because I want you to be glued to me tonight. The reality is I've been praying, our team has been praying, our leaders, our staff. I've even got guys from other churches that are praying right now for this conversation Because I believe that this could be a turning point for you and for what happens in this room. So here's the question as we get started tonight. And I don't want you to answer this. It's a question that I want you to think about. What does your behavior toward God and toward others reveal about you? I want you to think about that. And I know this, I know that some of you, man, you come to M12 and you're not connected to God, you you don't follow Christ, and listen, man, that's totally cool. We're praying that you make a different decision eventually, but at the end of the day, we're glad you're here. We're glad that you're here to listen and learn about Jesus. He is the king, he is the one that loves you more than anyone ever could. But I know that some of you come to hang out, man, you come to be with your friends, and, and that's cool, but at the end of the day, you still know And you still are very capable of behaving in a way that is respectful and that honors the people and most of all honors God here at 12 Stone and here at M12. So let me talk to you about the emotion of sad. Here's what I want to do. I want to talk to you about outside this room and inside this room. Here's the first thing. Outside of this room, do you know what makes me sad? Let me tell you. It makes me sad that some of you come from broken homes. It makes me sad that some of you come from homes where you don't have a good example, where you don't have either a father figure or a mother figure, where you feel like you're unloved, where you feel like no one's fighting for you, where you feel like no one cares about you. That makes me really sad. And honestly... If there was anything that I could do, anything that our leaders could do to change that for you, I'm telling you, we would do it. But the unfortunate part is that we can't. Now, God can can do things and he can intervene, and maybe that's something you're praying for and praying about. And and to be honest with you, I can't answer the question of why you've been dealt that deck of cards and why you feel the way that you feel. But just know that it, it makes me sad. And I wish it could be different. What also makes me sad, though, is what happens in this room. And if you're here for the first time, you picked a really, a really interesting night to come. We don't have conversations like this often. But inside this room, what makes me really sad, and I'm just going to list them out. It makes me sad when some of you are disrespectful to this church and to the people that are in this church. Let me give you an example. A couple of weeks ago, the day after Valentine's, we had sweet tart candy hearts just for you. Just to say, you know what, man? We think that would be a really cool gesture just to say, have some candy, you know? Enjoy a sugar high. And the reality is, what happened is, some of you, mostly the gentlemen, I'm just going to be honest with you guys, some of you guys decided to take those candy hearts, and literally in this room, during the worship set, throw them at people. And so what happens is, man, it tells us that we can't do nice things, and that we can't give privileges like that to you guys, because that's the reaction that you give. One of you, I don't know who you are, but one of you even decided to take about 200 of those candy hearts and put them down the toilet. It's pretty It's It's pretty ridiculous, man, when you think about it. I'm just wanting to give you examples because I want you to be aware. I really do. I want you to be aware of some of the actions and, and the behavior that happens. It really makes me sad when some of you ignore and disrespect the leaders that are in this room. You know, every leader that's here, whether they're a high school student, college student, grown adult, man, most of them, they give of the time that they really don't necessarily have. If they're a high school student, man, they've got they got to study for tests. High schoolers go to school at like seven in the morning. And oftentimes things don't get done here until like 9:30, 10 o'clock at night. But they give of their time because they love you guys and they want to be here and they want to pour into you. College students, the same drill, man. They've got, you know, tests to study for and they got to do well to get to the next level. They've got a lot of pressure on them. Grown adults, they have their own families, they have their own children. And they have their own jobs. But you know, they love you guys, and so they give their time, and they come in. But what saddens me is that when you guys are really disrespectful to the adults that we have, it it saddens me when you you use the influence that God's given you in in the wrong way in this room. Some of you, you've been given influence, and you've been given a lot of it. But what happens is you use that, instead of pointing people to Christ, you use that maybe to point to yourself or maybe to be funny around your friends. And, and I get it. I get, I get the, the desire to want to be funny. But there's a right time and a wrong time. It saddens me when you guys are talking during the worship set or during the teaching. That really, it really saddens me. Because what I know is that the whole band, man, they put so much time into being up here. And they put so much time into the worship set and the talks that they give or the the songs they play. It saddens me when some of you have your back to the stage during the worship. I don't get that. I don't really understand why you guys would do that. It saddens me when you miss out on all that God has for you. But because you were a distraction or you were distracted, you don't hear from God. You don't encounter God the way that God wants to encounter you. And then I get the emotion of mad, and, and the emotion of mad outside this room is it, it makes me mad that culture wants to basically make you think that, that, you, um, that you can live your life being entitled and with a lack of respect for authority. I know that to be true because I see it happen in school, and then it happens here. And so that really, man, that makes me mad. But you know what makes me more mad than anything is that when you guys come in here, and it's one thing to be disrespectful to a leader, it's a really different thing to be disrespectful to a holy, loving, gracious, merciful God. A God that gave everything so that you could have freedom in your life. And whether you follow God or not, That doesn't change the fact that he gave Jesus, his son, for you. It saddens me or it makes me mad when when you get bullied here at M12. I know that some of you have gotten bullied here. That really makes me mad because the church should be the safest place for all of us, including you and me. It makes me mad, again, when you disrespect our leaders. And here's what happens is that sometimes you guys... A leader will tell you, hey man, I need you to come out of the room. It happened tonight. I need you to come out of the room and, and you, you don't listen. Or they tell you something that they just saw you do and you're like, oh, well, that wasn't me. Well, it was a grown adult leader. They saw you do it and yet you guys sometimes want to debate and have a conversation with a grown adult about something that they saw you do. That really makes me mad because the reality is you're to respect the leaders that are in this room and not debate with them. A couple weeks ago, my wife was telling me this story. It broke my heart. She said that she was front and center in the room, and she was worshiping God. And she had her hands up, man, just going after it, praising God, just lifting up the name of Jesus. And she said that there was a, a young lady right beside her that was literally kind of making fun of what she was doing. Like literally, she was connecting with God and the lady right next to her, the young lady right next to her was kind of mocking what she was doing because she thought it would be funny for her friends. See, students, that that kind of stuff makes me really mad because there's so much more that God has for you in this room. And then I get the emotion of glad. And the reason why I get so glad is because I believe that every single one of you are world changers and that you can change the environment that you are in every single time. I get so glad when I see life change, when I get to celebrate a baptism of one of you, of of some of you, when I get to celebrate, we get to celebrate together, some of you giving your life to Jesus and meeting Christ and saying yes for the first time, and that stuff is awesome. But see, going back to the mad is when I get up to give a baptism and then I'm hearing you guys talking during a baptism, during a sacred moment where God is moving. The presence of God, the Holy Spirit of God is in the room. He's moving, and you are too busy having a conversation with your friends. I get glad, though, at life change. I get glad at the potential that each of you have. I get glad when I see you being engaged in the service, whether it's a fun element, a hosting element, a song that you're going after it. And going after it doesn't mean you got your hands up. Maybe you're not comfortable doing that. Going after it doesn't even mean, mean singing. But maybe you're just kind of focused on the music, focused on the words, not focused on the other people. I get glad when I get to watch God continually move at M12 every single week. I love that because that's what we want for you. We want you to have an undeniable encounter with God in this room every week. That's what we pray for. That's what we believe. I get glad when I see hundreds of students going after it with God with no distraction. And that's exactly what happened this past weekend at Digg. We had a winter retreat and it was powerful. We talked about prayer and I'm telling you, I'm looking around the room and I'm thinking to myself, man. If this could actually happen in the cafe theater on Wednesday nights, wow. I mean, it would be phenomenal. It would be amazing if students could literally, undistracted, unhindered, go after God in their relationship with Him. Maybe through singing, maybe through prayer, even through taking notes of of a sermon. Wow, it would be such a blessing. I love hearing what God does when we're not distracted. And what I know to be true is that a lot of times in this room, man, you guys are distracted. And you're either a distraction or you're distracted. And some of you want to come in this room, man, and you want to worship God, and you want to learn, and you want to grow, and that's awesome. And some of you, maybe you're not quite there yet, and that's okay too. But what we want to ask is that, This would be a turning point conversation. So here's kind of the action step of tonight, is that you would respect God and respect others. It's really that simple, that you would respect God and that you would respect others. Even if you don't believe in God and even if you don't walk with God, you can still respect who he is. You can respect his holiness. You can respect the fact that this church Is here for you to hear about God, to learn about God, and hopefully to experience who God is in in your life. And so what does it mean to respect God? It means that in our behavior, we show God honor. And here's how we show God honor. I'm going to go through this really quick, and then we'll remind you of these things. First, we honor the house. See, this building is the house of God. Sometimes we refer to this building as a church, and that's somewhat true. But really, when we look at Scripture, the church is the people. But where we're at right now is the house of God. And so when we're in the house of God, we show the house of God honor. And how we do that, it, it means little things like we pick up our trash. We throw away things that are trash on the floor. It may not be yours, but who cares? When you see a piece of paper, when you see a water bottle, when you see a Starbucks cup, throw it away. It's not, it's not hard. I, I'm pretty sure that every one of you, if I went into your bedroom in your home, maybe there would be clothes everywhere, but that's not trash. There definitely wouldn't be trash all over the place. And if there is, then that's another issue. But here's the thing. This is not your home. This is not your home. This is the house of God. And what we're gonna ask you to do from here on out, and what we're gonna hold you to, is that you would honor the house, that you would throw away your trash, and that you would clean up in terms of Bibles. You get a Bible out, hey man, great. We want you to have a Bible in your lap every week. But when you leave, put it back on the cart. It's not hard, don't leave it on the floor. Just put it back on the cart, and we'll have the cart right there at the door when you walk out. It'll be super easy. Just put it right back. Secondly, we we, we think that it's very important that you honor leadership. Leadership meaning anyone in this room that is not a middle school student. Not to say that you don't honor uh, middle school students. We'll get to that. But that you honor the leaders in this room. If a leader asks you to do something, you listen to that. You do what they ask you to do. See, this is not a place where we debate with adult leaders. It's not a place where we say, I didn't do it. The truth is, you're going to have to learn to own your mistakes. Own it. If you were talking when you're not supposed to be talking, own it. Just say, you know what, man, you're right. Sorry about that. Great. But just own it. Rather than denying it, choose to own it. Last thing when we honor God is that, or we respect God, is that we respect His presence. We respect the presence of God. When there's a moment of prayer, we respect what we're praying about. We respect the presence of God. We respect the people in the room. We respect Him. When there's a moment of worship on this stage through song, and we're going to give you a an opportunity to do that in a moment, you respect that moment. It's not a time to have conversations with people in the room. Now, if, you, if, if something's going on and you need to talk to somebody, grab your leader and, and you guys can go out in the hall and have a conversation. We want to create space for you to, to talk about things happening, man, and maybe that's during the worship. That's cool, but not in the room. Not front and center. See, some of you guys come front and center, man, and you, you're just having conversations the whole time. That shows a lot of disrespect to God. See, your behavior reveals what you believe. And I know when I look around the room and I see the behavior, it's not really what you believe. If you could videotape yourself in this room on a Wednesday night, some of you would be really discouraged. Some of you would probably feel really bad. And to be honest with you, you should. You should because you, you need to have more respect for God than that. But it also means that we respect other people. Honor others, respect others. Bullying is not allowed here. Picking on people is not allowed here. You know what the Bible says? It says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Here's what that means. It means treat other people the way you would want them to treat you. If we did that, I mean, think about that. If we treated other people the way we would want them to treat us, man, everything would work itself out. You know what I'm saying? Like it it would mean that we don't come in here and throw throw candy at people. It would mean that we don't leave our trash. It would mean that we don't try to have open conversations during a worship set. If we would treat other people the way we would want other people to treat us, it would mean there would be no bullying. There would be nobody making fun of each other. I mean that that's that's and honestly, dude, that sounds like a really great, great place to be. And that's what we want. This place to be. So what does that look like? Respect the people who want to worship and who want to listen and who want to learn. Here's the thing. We're never going to force you to worship God in this room. We're never going to force you to sing. We're never going to force you to raise your hands. We're never going to force you to take notes in a sermon. We hope you will because we think it could help you. But we're not going to force you to do that. The only thing that we're going to ask that you do is that when there's music playing, when there's a a song from the band, that you're standing It's not a time for you to be sitting, unless you're sitting and praying with somebody, you're you're reflecting in your relationship with God. So we're going to ask that you would stand, but we're not going to force you to do anything that you're not comfortable with doing, and then put yourself in the shoes of others. Again, the Bible says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now tonight, the point of this conversation, I hope has felt like a person that Is honored and privileged to be your pastor, to be your shepherd, because I do not take that responsibility lightly, students. But when I end a Wednesday night, a lot of times I feel sad about what I see. Sometimes I'm frustrated, I'm angry, I'm mad. Because if you could just take a second and realize what God did for you through Christ, It would change what you do and how you behave and how you act in this room. But the cool thing is that I'm glad. I'm glad because I know you're capable of meeting the expectations that have been set. I know you're capable of respecting each other. I know you're capable of respecting God because I've seen you do it. And so that's what we thought we would do to wrap things up tonight. There's a song that we sang at DIG, and we're going to sing it tonight. But first, I want to pray over you, and this is what I'm going to ask. A lot of times, here's what happens. When I, right when I say the word amen, it's almost like you feel like that's my invitation to start talking. And that's not the way we do things here. Because that's disrespectful to God and it's disrespectful to the people in the room. And students, I want you to hear me out. That stuff has to stop. And let me tell you what will happen. If you continue to be disrespectful to the leaders of our ministry, if you continue to come in this room and you're disrespectful to to God, there's repercussions to that. We love you. Nothing changes the fact that we love you. But there's consequences when your behavior is outside of the expectation that's set. And you know the house rules here. No distractions. You don't distract people. You don't distract by your phone. You don't distract by trying to have a conversation with someone in the wrong time. That's why we do small groups, man. You can talk all you want in small groups according, as long as you listen to your leader. Maybe it's one by one. But all to, say, all to say, that's the conversation time. The conversation time is not in here. The conversation time is in your small groups. We say respect others. And you've heard me talk about that already tonight. Respect people. Respect the students. Respect the leaders. But most of all, and I want everybody to listen, respect, and I want you to look at me eyes to eyes, respect God. Respect the fact that God loves you. And even if you don't love him, he loves you and nothing can change that. And that he loved you so much that he gave his son to die on the cross for your sins. If nothing else, take that into account with how you behave towards the leaders and towards God and towards the students in this room. And then our third house rule, that you would have fun. Because we want to provide an environment where you want to invite your friends, where you want to be, where where you have a great time. Tonight, I hope this. I hope that you've heard every word that I've said. Because our heart for you is that we believe in you. Our heart for you is not that we're not going to fight for you. It is not that we're going to abandon you. It is not that we don't believe in you. We know that you might get that in other walks of life, but you're not going to get it here. The reason why the leaders continue to come back here every single week is because they believe in you. It's because they love you. It's because they're fighting for you. Aaron and I pray every night for you. We pray for this ministry. We pray for you to get it, for you to get to a place where you would respect what is trying, what God might want to do in your life.